What's up, you guys? Welcome back to Table for Two podcast. I'm your host, Kirsten, and I'm so excited that you are joining me here on the podcast today. Today, we are going to be sitting down with Mary Fry, who is a daily vlogger on YouTube. She vlogs with her husband, and she is now a mother to both fur babies and a beautiful human little boy. Um, And she vlogs all about her life and journey battling cystic fibrosis. Um, And so I'm so excited to sit down with Mary and talk about the beautiful complexities of trusting Jesus in the midst of chronic illness. So without further ado, here is Mary Fry. Welcome to the table, Mary. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm just, yeah, I'm good. Awesome. I'm so excited for this conversation. And to be fully transparent, it is one that's kind of like nerve wracking to me because (laughs) I think it's so like, it's such a, I don't know, it's such a conversation that is serious and has so much power. And honestly, for anyone listening, I have watched Mary and her husband, Peter, for a long time, and now they're beautiful baby. Um, (laughs) So this is really awesome to get to have this conversation. So Mary, to jump right in, my favorite question to ask someone is, if someone was to get coffee with you, who shows up? What can they expect when they sit down at the table with you? Ooh, that's good. Um, I do not enjoy surface chit chat. So Mm. I'm like, can we just get real? Can we just be like, I had a hard morning or, you know, I I don't want to sit there and just smile and say like, you doing good. You having a good day. That's (laughs) not my thing. So there it's very common for a coffee date to include laughter and tears. Wow. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I guess just some life experiences have taught me that sometimes there's just not time for chit chat. Like Mm. just be real. And sometimes realness is like laughing because you just farted really loud. And I (laughs) love that sort of thing. Yeah. I also love getting real and being honest and and a lot of times tears are involved. In fact, I have a tear in my eye at this moment just from your intro. So I just want to tell oh. you, it's a real honor to be here. Oh, wow. Thank you. I'm so honored to have you. And I'm just so excited. I think I, it's funny because the listeners so far are probably like, why are they so excited? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's so funny to have an inside look on knowing what we're going to talk about. Um, and my next fun question before we dive right in and get real honest is, what is your go-to coffee order? Ooh, brown sugar latte is my current. Mm, yes. That sounds so good. What is yours? Um, I, goodness, that's so hard. I get something different, like, all the time. Ooh, yeah. But I either get, if I'm feeling really healthy after, like, a run, I'm like, let's get a matcha because okay. it feels healthy. Um, <laughs> And then if it's just like I need something easy and stress-free to order, I'm like, give me an iced coffee with vanilla and cream and we can call it a day. Okay. So you guys, if you're listening, you're probably like, what is this about to be about? What are we talking about? This is a conversation that is going to get very real and one that is also going to probably teach a lot of us. Um, So Mary... If you would, just kind of allow the listeners to know who you are and kind of why I've asked you to join me today. All right. Well, thank you. Um, Okay. Snapshot of who I am. 
I'm almost 33 years old. And I remember when I was in college, I was at a college ministry thing at our church. And the pastor said, turn to the two people around you and give a two minute life story. Recap your life and tell them who you are. And Peter and I, uh, my now husband, uh, turned to the person next to us and I gave my two minute life story. And it said something like, I was homeschooled. Now I'm here at college. I'm excited about life. And Peter goes, and? And and I'm like, what? What else? Okay, next person. <laughs> and Peter said, and? And I was like, and I have cystic fibrosis. It's a disease I was born with and it's fine. Okay, next. And I kind of moved on. But I think what I learned from that moment is that there. Uh, well, that moment and also 33 years of experience. My experience with cystic fibrosis is not the definition of who I am, but God has used it in just so many ways to shape who I am or how I respond to life. And so that is a big part of my story. I was born with a genetic lung disease called cystic fibrosis, which we label it as a lung disease, but it affects many parts of the body, including the lungs, digestive system, liver, all the all the things. And um, so it is classified as a terminal disease, although my life has significantly changed in the last few years. I started a new medication, which Kirsten knows, um, <laughs> which has changed my life. But for the majority of our 11 years of marriage, um, my health would really, really struggled. Um, it is a progressive illness, so it gets worse as you get older. And so countless hospital stays, weeks on end, IV antibiotics, um, just deterioration through many systems of my body, ultimately leading me to need to be evaluated for a double lung and liver transplant three years ago. Um, the docs basically said, yes, you are a candidate for this. And yes, you should think about this pretty soon. So mm -hmm. we ended up moving um, from Massachusetts to North Carolina to be close to the hospital that is um, kind of leading the road in these multivisceral organ transplants. And, um, and then in the meantime, a medication was approved. Well, it hadn't been approved yet by the FDA, but I started it under a kind of compassionate use program. And it has changed our lives, and I am now a stable, active 33-year-old person and just living and thriving, and I'm kind of just still in shock to be able to say that. Mm -hmm. The trajectory was not looking great, and I, by a miracle, am still here, and <laughs> I did not need to have the double lung and liver transplant um, that may be down the road in the future. But for now, this medication is a miracle. And I'm very, very grateful to be here. And also to now be a mom by adoption. Yeah. yeah. That is so incredible. I remember watching and like seeing the first video of you guys talking about adoption. I was like, what? Oh, yeah. oh my gosh, guys, like, this is happening. <laughs> this is happening. <laughs> And it happened. <laughs> that is just amazing. I think like it's just so cool even just already to hear you say like it doesn't define you, which is something I want to talk more about because here that's like the whole heart of the podcast, like bringing anything that we think could define us or disqualify us from being used by God mm. and being like, God, I know you can use it anyway. So yeah, 
what has that looked like in your life to even in the journey of coming to where you are now, where you're much healthier and living a more active lifestyle, what is that has that looked like for you to not allow having CF to limit even just your idea within yourself that you can be used by God and do things? I think one of the things I learned early on, like in my teen years, is that sometimes being used by God looks different than what you thought being used by God would look like. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, the psalm I have open at my Bible right next to me is Psalm 57. And, you know, when I think back, I was on a mission trip and I was supposed to be one of the children's teachers um, for kind of a day camp for kids. And, um, I was on IV antibiotics at the time, and so my body was extra fighting, but I was like, no problem, I'll take these IVs, and no problem, I'll just take it with me to the kids' camp. This is no problem. (laughs) And um, I get there, you know, 13-hour drive away or whatever, and my IV, there was like a malfunction. And so I was forced to stay back at the hotel, and I was sitting there just thinking, like, I thought... I trained to be the teacher. I thought I drove 13 hours to be the teacher, to be here. Mm. But really, God was the teacher, and he was teaching me. And he took me to Psalm 57, and it says, Be merciful to me, O God. Be merciful to me, for in you my soul takes refuge. In the shadow of your wings I will take refuge till the storms of destruction pass by. And here's where the powerful part was for me then and still is 20 or 17 years later. Um, I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. And I think in that moment, it struck me like God will fulfill his purpose. And it sure doesn't look like what I thought I was being used for. But um, the way that God was shaping my heart all those years ago has taught me that God can and will use me and use my circumstances. And sometimes it's just to teach my own heart. Mm. And that's okay. It's okay that it doesn't look like I thought. And my my mind and my heart, and my palms need to be open, meaning I'm not holding, grasping tightly to what I thought, what I wanted, but mm. opening my palms to say, Lord, what? How is this working right now? And I, my palms are open and submitted to to learn and grow however and whenever you would teach me. I love that you shared that passage. And it just makes me think about just how important it is for all of us, especially to rely on God. But Mm -hmm. what has maybe even since that moment, like what is just this journey of your life? What has it taught you about in those moments where your body feels like it just doesn't want to cooperate with you? Mm -hmm. What does it look like to fully just rely on the spirit of God in your life. Yeah. I I think it looks different in different chapters of our life, fully relying on his strength. You know, sometimes in life we, we have to like push ourselves and be like, Mm -hmm. I don't feel great, but I want to show up at church or whatever it is. And you push yourself and you push yourself. And other times it's relying on him by just saying, I can't make it to that ministry event. I'm literally going to stay in my bed because I have to. And relying on his strength to carry you and your sad brain, whatever, like if it's super sad that you can't go or, yeah, just relying on him for clarity and comfort in those moments and really trusting that 
the work of the Lord does not depend on me and the work of the Lord can be accomplished even from my bed. Wow. Yeah. I feel like we forget that a lot. Like we know and we say that like, oh, right. God's got it no matter mm-hmm. what. And I think we think it's a little cutesy thing to say like, oh, God doesn't need me right. to do his plan. But I think in those moments where we wanted to be a part of it in the way that we thought it would look like and yep. we're not, it's like, well, I don't know, God, like, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I love that. Just I feel like that's something to just remember that God can do the work, even with us just sitting there. Yeah, um, That's so powerful. And so in your everyday life, or even just lately, what has God been teaching you in this season the most? Hmm. I think, I don't know. I I could go a lot of different directions. Um, I'm, I'm, in a, I'm in a new season of being a mom, and I absolutely love it. I mean, I seriously love it. I've wanted to be a mom since I could talk. Like everybody, when I was little, you know, they say, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I say, I want to be a mom. Um, And then as my health declined through the beginning of our marriage, we kind of came to this conclusion that it doesn't appear that God has it, that we would have any kids Mm -hmm. biologically or through adoption or through foster care. And so I think my brain had come to peace with that because I had to. And also Mm -hmm. because I felt, I felt like God like miraculously gave me peace because I really, um, really wanted to be a mom. So here I am seven months into being a mom and it's incredible and I love it. And it's also, it's a change in rhythms. So I think right after Elijah was born, we took a couple months off of making videos, or maybe it was only six weeks. I don't know how long it was, but we took some time off of our job, off of YouTube. And in a lot of ways, that was our ministry. We also have local ministry that we're involved in at our local church. But we also feel like sharing our life online and sharing hope through in the midst of life circumstances through video form is one of the ministries that God has called us to. And so mm-hmm. taking time off of that and pouring my heart and my energy and my mind power into parenting this little baby has, it was beautiful and I loved it. And then, okay, here we go. We got to jump back into work. And that transition was pretty hard for me because I was like, I don't want to, I want my brain power to go to my you know, raising this little boy and mm-hmm. continues to be a hard transition. And trying to be faithful to what God is calling me to. And there, it's like, okay, God has obviously called us into parenting. So yes, being faithful to that, pouring energy into that. God has also called us to minister to those around us in, in our local church. Yes, mm-hmm. pouring energy into that. And then there's this question of this online ministry that's been, you know, eight years and counting. And, and it's like, Lord, how does this fit in right now? Mm-hmm. And Part of it was coming to a realization that I cannot continue pouring as much mental energy into the online side of things as I have because my brain is pouring in and my heart's pouring in elsewhere. And so kind of finding a contentment with acknowledging that and then saying, how can I be faithful to this? And I don't have all the answers to that that quandary (laughs) I am simply taking it kind of maybe month by month and just, um, yeah, just seeing who, who God puts before me, you know, 
I mm. happened to open the message you sent me and you asked if I wanted to do a podcast and I'm just like, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> what it, that you know, I just kind of am going with where the Lord leads. Um, also, I have to be at peace with the fact that my since my energy and my mental power is being poured elsewhere, it's okay if I'm not able to open all the messages. It's yeah. hard because I'm used to being so on top of that and being available for people who, who need to talk in those private messages and connect in that way. But since I can't do all that, again, you just have to trust that the Lord's like, he's got that. And I do not need to be, yeah, it's okay if I can't do everything, I think. Mm-hmm. So I think the Lord's teaching me contentment in where he has me. And I, I'm very thankful that I get to just kind of rest in this time of being a mom, but also teaching me um, to be faithful. And sometimes that means, yeah, pushing myself with doing the thing that I don't really want to do right now, which is like picking up a camera and filming something or making myself feel presentable enough to gather some thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the cool thing is I we put up a video a few days ago, or I don't know when recently, that... I was basically having this like crisis where I'm like, I don't know why I'm still filming my life. And then I open up one of those private messages and somebody was pouring out their heart of basically like their story of how their child was diagnosed with CF and how mm. our videos were able to be an encouragement to her. And she said, and now five years later, and I was just like, oh my goodness, like for wow. five years. And I think what the Lord was doing in that is just reminding me that sometimes it feels a little bit like futile, like to Mm -hmm. pour energy into the internet, but it's not just the internet. It's people behind these screen names. And, and so I still can't open all the messages and, and answer everybody, but I can continue pouring in, in the ways that God allows and calls me Mm -hmm. to. So he's teaching me a lot. And also I'm a mess and I'm still learning. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I love that. And that's so beautiful. And I think it's so cool that me being someone who's watched your videos, I think it's really cool to hear you say that it's okay if you can't do it all, because I'd love for you to share with the listeners what your life phrase is that you often say in moments (laughs) where you're having to push yourself. (laughs) Do what you think you can't do. Uh (laughs) Is it that one? Yes. Little weird phrases we say, but... Yeah, do what you think you can't do. Yeah. Yeah. There's a that, lot of times. That is so cool because I find myself like saying that to myself sometimes. Oh, like good. I recently found, like started running and I'm like, okay, like I want to quit, but do what you think you can't do. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness. And so have you seen that? I know it's kind of like maybe the opposite, but have you seen that come alive more in your life lately? Um, yeah, I mean, I think being more able-bodied, I mean, my, my body is still working at a deficit. Like I have 30 years of CF damage done to my body. So I definitely still feel the effects of CF every single day. Like I came up to do the podcast, um, came up two flights of stairs and then realized that the microphone was down on the first or no, the computer was down on the first floor. So I go, "Mm." I paused for a second and I was like, do I text Peter and ask him to bring this up? 
no, I will do this. <laughs> I go down two flights of stairs, get the computer and come back up. And by the top of the stairs, I was huffing and puffing, but I was okay. So I did what I thought I couldn't do. <laughs> um, but it's such a joy and a privilege and a gift I never expected to be able to use, do what you think you can't do in those sorts of active moments instead wow. of just the oh, my body is dying. Uh, I have to do what I think I can't do and I got to stay alive. Like it's, it's a gift to be able to huff and puff up the stairs. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I definitely still need that encouragement to myself. Do what I think I can't do. Yeah. That just made me so happy just to hear that. <laughs> um, so I'd love to know, like, I'm sure this probably fluctuates in different seasons and now being on a journey where you're able to be healthier and experience, um, you know, just a little bit more freedom with your body. But how has living with a terminal disease just pushed you to live like life in light of eternity? Uh, I think that that's probably one of the, one of the side effects of having a medical diagnosis that I am so thankful for, the side effect of having the reality of death, I think, really. Maybe watching your my own body kind of disintegrate in front of my eyes uh, for so many years or watching it in a family member or watching it in a friend and realizing some of the things don't matter in this world. Some of those temporary decisions actually don't have as much weight as they once had. And I, d during our engagement, I was preparing for our wedding, all the decisions, you know, they, they say like, don't be a bridezilla. And I'm trying to like figure out how much does this matter and how much doesn't it matter. And, um, my sister also has cystic fibrosis and her health was declining significantly at, at that time as I was preparing for my wedding. And all of a sudden I realized the color of the silverware just does not matter. It doesn't matter. And I went through my guest list and I was like, I don't need all these people. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Deleted people off my guest list. I was just trying to simplify. I think it was my sad, sad brain trying to just figure out which way's up and which way's down. But, you know, when I think back on that, that was one of those moments of realization of because in the, in the context of terminal illness or serious illness, you do kind of see things in light of eternity and say, this world, some things just don't matter. Other things matter a whole lot, like investing in those around you and, um, walking with Jesus through whatever comes and stepping into the messy things of life and yeah, and getting messy along the way and being okay with that because in view of eternity, this life is really short. It's such a good reminder to hear like some things just don't matter. <laughs> that is just such fresh perspective. And so to kind of wrap up this conversation, if someone is listening and maybe they are suffering in their body or they're struggling with an illness, or mm -hmm. maybe they've just been looking at this world and seeing different things that just seem unfair or like they just shouldn't be that way. And they're struggling to believe that God is good. Mm. In your own story, knowing your own life journey, what would you tell them? 
Yeah, I would say I certainly don't have all the answers. I can only speak from my experience and what I see in God's word. And the answer is we're not going to have all the answers, but we can walk with Jesus and find that there can be hope in the midst of suffering and there can be joy in the midst of pain. And again, like I said at the beginning, and that there are going to be tears. Mm. Um, Not walking with Jesus is not the absence of suffering or the absence of tears, but rather being held by a loving savior who gets it and holds us. That's so good. And I think another thing I'd love to hear your perspective on is I think anyone really, we're all human, um, can have moments where we look at our own circumstances and we struggle to trust God or Mm. we might get upset and just feel like, God, like, what are you doing? Where are you? Mm. What has those moments been like for you and how do you kind of redirect and come back to a place where you just remember um, that God is with you and he's for you even in this? Yeah. Um, I'm going to pull up Hebrews. Let me see if I can find them. Okay. Hebrews 4.14 says, Since then we have a great high priest who's passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And when I'm in those times where for me, I think what it looks like is a lack of like, I've never been a person who's had the why questions like flooding my mind. Mm. I think for me, it looks more like an emptiness of mind And so when I'm having those times where it's like, maybe my physical health is clouding my prayer brain or like, I can't, I'm struggling to connect with Jesus. Going to passages like that and just seeing, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. Staying close to God's word is so helpful. I think also connecting with God's people, we need, we need each other. We need to hear stories of the way God is working in other people's lives because sometimes we can't see it in our own life. And so when we hear, whether it's through scripture of seeing how God was working in those people's lives or hearing it from our friends or strangers or whoever, how is God working in their life? It bolsters our faith to say, yes, with confidence, we draw near. And even when we don't have the answers, And that's going to be a lot of the time we can with confidence draw near and just be encouraged by the way that God is working in others. And that reminds us, yes, he is working. I love that so much. And I love like the way you just always pull on scripture. That's so cool and so encouraging. Um, And I just want to say I've learned so much from you in this conversation and just watching you. And so I would love for you to just share with the listeners where they can follow along with your life and keep learning from you and just keep up with what you're up to. Yeah, we are The Fry Life, F-R-E-Y. We're The Fry Life on YouTube, and that's our main 
Well, yeah, that's our main gig, I'd say. <laughs> and then I also have Fry Living on Instagram, and I enjoy posting little things. My husband calls it my tiny blog because <laughs> I write like a tiny little blog post as the description. Although lately my brain doesn't want to come up with a whole lot of description. So it's usually like a cute picture of us or the baby and then a heart as the description. So you can just like read into that, like, oh, all of those lovely words she wants to say, but they don't come out of her brain. <laughs> um, yes. And a few more Instagrams that you can kind of, you know, the Fry Life. And then Peter's is Peter Fry Life, I think. And um, yeah. That's about it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me. This was such a, just a great conversation. And I think such a good reminder of what truly matters. And just, it's been awesome to learn from you. And thank you so much. yeah, just thank you again for joining me. And I can't wait to keep following along and learning from you and just watching the amazing thing God is doing in you guys' lives. Amen. Thank you so much, Kirsten. It was so, it was just a breath of fresh air. Thank you.